Hi, I'm Angie Stebinger, and this is Mindful Missionary, episode number four, Tell Yourself the Truth. All missionaries face challenges, lots of challenges. The way you choose to think amid those challenges will determine whether you survive or whether you thrive. This is the podcast where we prepare future missionaries to thrive. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a great week. I just spent the past few days camping with my family and some friends, (laughs) and it was so awesome. So loved just unplugging from technology and breaking away for a few days. (laughs) The way we camp here is I love it. It's so much fun. There are no campgrounds with any sort of facilities. There's no running water except for the river, no cell phone service for miles and miles, no bathrooms, no showers, no nothing. (laughs) Just a bunch of crazy people in the middle of nowhere enjoying nature. And I absolutely love it. So I'm feeling pretty rejuvenated. How about you? You getting excited to head off on your mission on your own crazy adventure soon? I hope so. Okay, well, today I want to talk to you about one of the tools I've found to be the one of the most useful in my life when it comes to choosing happiness, and it is to tell yourself the truth. I find that when I tell myself the truth about what I really have to do, and why I'm feeling the way I do, it's very empowering. When I choose to take responsibility for my emotions and the way I'm experiencing my life, I take myself out of the role of a victim in my life. I looked up the definition for the word victim, and the one I felt best described the way I'm using the term for the purposes of this podcast today was this. One that is subjected to oppression, hardship, or mistreatment. I want to focus today mostly on the hardship part. And again, let me be clear that the type of victim I'm talking about here is not someone who has been a victim of of abuse or any other form of harmful behavior. I certainly don't want to sound insensitive to anyone who's experienced abuse in any way. The type of victim I'm referring to is the victim we all make ourselves out to be from time to time in our lives. I want to make us all more aware of the ways in which we make ourselves out to be a victim by crediting the circumstances of our lives, including other people in our lives, for the way we feel, and in particular for our misery or lack of happiness. By definition, If someone is subjected to something, they have no control over it. So a victim often feels powerless, right? A victim is acting or being acted upon against our own will, which never feels good. And operating out of that kind of sense of duty or obligation with bitterness or resentment or even just a little resistance never creates our best results, nor is it much fun. So when we take ourselves out of the role of a victim in our lives, we gain back our power and we take control. So I want you to ask yourself this question. What do I have to do today? Maybe your answer is, I have to go to work or I have to go to school. Maybe it's a list of chores or items on your to-do list. 
Maybe one of the things you consider you have to do is to go on a mission. But contrary to what we all tend to tell ourselves, we don't have to do any of it. We truly don't have to do any of those things. If you think about it, there's very little that we have to do. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to be home by curfew. (laughs) Although, (laughs) don't tell your parents I said that. (laughs) You don't have to write your English essay. You don't have to give a talk in church. And you certainly don't have to go on a mission. You could choose to skip work anytime you want to. Now, you likely don't choose to do so because you realize that there will be consequences and you'd rather go to work than deal with those consequences. Same with missing your curfew. Same with not writing that essay for your English class. You could choose not to do those things if you were willing to deal with the consequences that might follow. True? We could have all easily said no last time we were asked to speak in church, and there likely wouldn't be any consequence except for maybe how we might feel about that choice afterward. So rather than saying no, we probably all said something like, sure, I'd be happy to. (laughs) We made that choice because we know that belonging to a church with no paid clergy means everyone gets to participate. And we realized that if everyone said no to speaking in church when it was inconvenient, which of course it almost always is, right? Our church experience on Sunday wouldn't be the awesome experience it is. So we choose to do our part, even though we don't always really want to. Now, you don't have to go on a mission. You could literally choose to stay home. But again, there may be some consequences for that decision. And maybe the only consequence would be missing out on the life-changing and testimony-building experiences that a mission has to offer. But there are other ways to learn those lessons. Maybe not at such an accelerated pace. But certainly, life will give you plenty of opportunities to learn those lessons. So apparently, you've decided that serving a mission is something you want to do. When we own that there is next to nothing that we have to do, we then put ourselves in the driver's seat and we take control of the will. We're no longer the victims of our lives but the creator of our life experiences. And this feels so much better than being a victim. How do I know this? (laughs) I know this because I've spent some time in the role of a victim. Let me share one experience with you. I've already told you a little bit about the struggle I had adapting to living in Mexico. I was really pretty miserable, guys, (laughs) for a while there. I remember one day I was grocery shopping and I saw a sign advertising half off of some product on Wednesdays. And just that simple reminder that it was Wednesday had me in tears standing in the middle of the produce aisle. My mind immediately remembered that Wednesdays had been our early out days from school back in California, which meant that I often took my kids to the beach on Wednesday afternoons. The beach was just a 20-minute drive from our home, and pretty much our entire family's favorite thing in the world to do is to spend the day at the beach. And now I found myself living in a desert, hundreds of miles from the beach. And that was just one of the many things I kept dwelling on and reminding myself that I missed about my old life. 
which was, of course, making me feel pretty miserable in my new life. And when you find yourself crying in the middle of the produce section at the grocery store, that's when you know you might have a problem. (laughs) My aunt told me later that I should have at least walked over and stood next to the onions while I cried. (laughs) But fast forward a few months to the new me after being empowered by all of these tools that I'm teaching you. And I want to tell you about another experience, experience I had in that same grocery store. First, I need to set the stage a little. We moved from Irvine, California, where I had where I had pretty much every store I could ever want to visit within a 15-minute drive from my home. So to say that shopping is limited in this little city in Mexico where I now live is an understatement. And this particular grocery store is by far the nicest store in town, but even then, it's nowhere near as nice or clean as the stores I was really accustomed to. To say nothing of the selection of products offered there, it definitely leaves a lot to be desired. Now, if you lived here, you'd know that most of my friends also dread going to this grocery store. One of the most annoying things about a trip to the grocery store is that it has about a fourth of the parking spaces it needs, which means that unless you're really lucky, you spend a lot of time circling and waiting for a spot to open up. And it's particularly bad on the weekends, and especially Saturdays, when the store is usually really crowded, the parking is packed, and there are long lines at the registers. Well, on this particular day, which was a Saturday, I realized that I needed to make a trip to the store for something for Sunday dinner that I would likely only find at that particular store in town. Normally, I'd do anything to avoid going to this store on a Saturday and just change the menu for Sunday dinner, but it was Father's Day and I really wanted to make something special for my husband, so I determined that I had to make the dreaded trip to Al Super. Now, I spent all morning begrudging this and doing lots of whining and complaining in my mind. And finally, around three o'clock in the afternoon or so, I decided to get the unavoidably painful experience over with. Now, as I was driving to the store in a really bad mood, as you can imagine, I remembered what I'd been taught. I remembered that I was creating this misery not the grocery store, nor the fact that it was Saturday. And I started racking my brain for a more useful way to tell this story. Then I remembered this tool of telling yourself the truth about what you have to do. And I said to myself, Angie, you don't have to go to this store today. You really don't. You could easily just go without whatever it is you're going to buy there. There are plenty of other things you could make for Sunday dinner. You don't have to do this. Apparently, you want to go to Al Super today. And so I decided to just get curious about why I would want to go to Al Super on a Saturday, aside from the fact that I love my husband. So as I walked into the store, I was looking for the reasons why I would want to be there. And the first thing I thought of as I walked through that good old produce section was how much more produce they actually had compared to my usual store. And then I thought about how cheap most of the fruits and vegetables are here compared to the United States and how I could get four avocados for the price I used to pay for one. Same with the mangoes and how good the mangoes are here. Then I started to think about how I really never even checked the prices of things to begin with. 
how I can pretty much buy anything I want in this store and as much of it as I wanted to. And I thought about how blessed I was to not have to worry about money, at least not while grocery shopping. And then I started to think about how in some places of the world and during different times in history, people have had to shop with ration cards. And not only are they limited to buying the small quantities that they're allotted, but they often have to wait in lines for in line for hours just to purchase their little sack of flour or sugar or whatever bare bone necessities they're getting. And do you know what? I actually started to feel grateful. And then as I continued through the store, I started to notice how many American products they actually do carry. Certainly not all of the products I'd like, (laughs) but quite a bit more than my usual hole in the wall store. So another perk for coming to Al Super. By the time I got to the register, my cart was full to the brim. And then the strangest thing happened. Two older men that were in line behind me started helping me load all of my groceries onto the conveyor belt. This had never happened to me before. And then as the cashier was scanning my items, she noticed that one of the bottles of cleaning products that I'd grabbed was half empty. And she asked me if I wanted to go grab another one, which of course I did. Now, normally, I would have been annoyed about that inconvenience and probably would have had all kinds of thoughts like, of course, they would have half empty bottles on the shelf. Some quality grocery store this is. But instead, my thought was, that was so nice of her to point that out to me. She didn't have to. She could have easily pretended not to notice at all. And then as I left the store, another cute little old man offered to push my grocery cart to my car for me and to load my groceries for a small tip. Now this does happen on most trips, but I'd never really appreciated it before. But this time I thought about how awesome it is that they do that here. Even though I didn't have any of my kids with me on this trip, I remembered how much work it is to shop with a bunch of kids in tow and thought about how much I would have appreciated that service when I lived in the United States and had a slew of small children with me. One up for Mexico on that. (laughs) And then just as I was about to pull out of the parking spot, another man tapped on my window and wanted to sell me some honey. Again, normally that would have probably annoyed me, but because I was feeling so much gratitude and appreciation, I actually took a minute to step out of my car and take a look at the barrel of honey he was selling. He took the lid off and pulled out this huge piece of the actual honeycomb dripping with honey and he had me taste some of it and it was delicious. And I I knew I definitely need to put it through a strainer because there were actual remnants for the hun- from the honeycomb in the honey, but it was pretty darn tasty and he was selling it for only about the equivalent of $6 a quart. So I bought myself a quart of honey. And as I drove away, I thought about how my girlfriends back in California would have probably been thrilled to pay $20 a quart for this all natural organic honey that I just purchased. So there I was driving home from my dreaded trip to Al Super. And do you know what I was feeling? I felt completely happy. I felt super peaceful and grateful for this life I'm living. Now, here's my question for all of you. Did that store and all of the people in it drastically change since the last time I'd visited? No, not likely. (laughs) What changed then that made that experience so drastically different for me? 
literally the only thing that changed were my thoughts. My actions were exactly the same, except for maybe buying the honey. But aside from that, everything about my visit was exactly like it always had been. The only thing that changed were my thoughts. Did I get really lucky and just happen to get the nicest little old men in town behind me in line and the most helpful cashier? I guess it's possible, but it's far more likely that since I wasn't walking around with my usual resentment and grumpiness, that I was much more welcoming and warm and the people responded to that. Isn't it amazing that there's so much power in our thoughts? Isn't it amazing how that one decision to tell myself the truth about what I had to do could change my experience so drastically? That lesson taught me that life is always better when I tell myself the truth. Give it a try, my friends. I've found it to be life-changing. Now, this experience got me thinking about the law of attraction. I certainly don't claim to be any kind of expert on the law of attraction, which is, of course, a pretty big buzzword in the world of self-help. But just in case any of you aren't familiar with the idea, I'll put it into a nutshell. The law of attraction is a belief that what we focus on expands, or in other words, that what we choose to focus on, we then invite more of into our lives. So if you focus on the abundance and the blessings in your life, you receive more of the same. If you focus on the loving relationships in your life, you invite more loving relationships into your life. You get the idea. But what I've been wondering is this. I wonder if the person practicing the law of attraction actually attracts more into their lives or if they just become more aware of what's been there all along. I wonder if their experiences or their life actually dramatically changes or whether they just experience what has always been in their lives in such a different way that it feels as if things have drastically changed. Am I making any sense here? I hope I haven't lost you. Again, I'm no expert on the law of attraction, but I think this may be true in many cases. I know it's been true for me. Now, maybe you're wondering, how is any of this going to be useful for me on my mission? Well, first off, if you're telling yourself that you have to go on a mission and feeling pressured to go or even some resentment about going, telling yourself the truth that you don't have to go on a mission and accepting that apparently you want to will dramatically change the experience you have. Second, many of you may be called to serve in a foreign country, and like me, you might be in for a bit of culture shock. Many of the experiences you encounter there will seem backwards and strange, or even unreasonable and absurd. You may be asked to serve in some tiny branch where you attend meetings and wonder, is this even the same church? Where the leaders and members have very different ideas about how things are done than what you've observed back in your wards back home. You may face living conditions that you don't think anyone should have to put up with, whether that be showering in a bucket with water you heat on a stove or eating all sorts of food you've never you never would have deemed edible. Who knows what your experiences on your mission will bring? But one thing I'm sure of, 
even if you don't serve in a foreign country, there will for sure be times when you find yourself asking, how can they expect me to do this? I can't believe I have to do this. And when those moments arise, I want you to envision me in the grocery store crying over the produce and then envision me driving home with my little jar of honey and a big smile on my face and remind yourself that you're creating the experience, that the thoughts you choose determine how you'll experience the world around you and that you don't have to do any of it. You really don't. So apparently there are some good reasons for why you want to. And when you set your mind to thinking about all of the reasons why you would want to, you'll take control of your mission experience. You'll take yourself out of the role of a victim and put yourself in the driver's seat again. And I promise that what you'll find is that your experience will drastically change for the better. Remember, life is always better when you tell yourself the truth about what you have to do. All right, go get them, my friends. You are going to be an amazing missionary. I'll see you back here next week. And as always, watch your thoughts. There's great power in them.